0: Hi, and welcome to another bonus episode of Creepy and Geeky. On today's episode, I'm joined by Ariel powers Schaub. She's a writer for Moving Pictures Film Club, and as of this recording today, she is the new administrative assistant for Ghouls Magazine, where she is also a contributing writer. Welcome to the show, Ariel.
1: Hi, thanks for having me, Robert.
0: Yeah, thanks for being on. So what I like to do on this podcast is talk about two or more movies that are connected in some way. When I have a guest on, I like to have them choose the movies or we work together to find a couple of movies we can both enjoy talking about. Uh, Ariel, you suggested a small list of movies, and from that, I chose The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Mm-hmm. Then I suggested we pair it with The Taking of Deborah Logan, which I had not seen before. And I had seen uh, The Autopsy of Jane Doe, which is why I was like, okay, let's do that one. Yes. So, um, and then, of course, <laughs> you made the comment of you can call it the something of someone episode and i was like yes that's literally what i was going to do
1: it's perfect it writes itself yeah. right
0: yeah i like to come up with clever titles uh, mm-hmm, you know that one's mm-hmm. you know somewhat cleverish mm-hmm. you know obviously we both thought of it so that's that's right clever enough
1: two people and think hey, it's clever that's yeah. enough
0: <laughs> and you're a well established writer so you know it makes it even better for me who's sure a, who's who's, who's, <laughs> who's not a writer at all so I'd seen the Autopsy of Jane Doe um, mm-hmm. a couple of times before, but I'd never seen the Taken of Deborah Logan. And, you know, other than title similarities aside, I wasn't too sure how similar they were, but after watching them both recently, they are very similar in not necessarily tone, but similarities in setting. Yes. and And just the... Supernatural aspects uh, The taking of Deborah Logan was definitely not What I was expecting That um,
1: movie goes bananas yeah, In a good cause, way
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because that one is That one is It's Because you think it's supposed to be a Possession movie, like a dem- Demonic right. possession movie um, It is a possession movie, it's just Not necessarily demonic, I guess it kind of Is, It's 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 kind of Not super clear on it
1: yeah, I've, just I've seen that movie. <laughs> no, I agree with you because I, I've seen that the taking of Deborah Logan maybe like four or five times. Okay. And each time I sort of forget what all <laughs> the plot was because there's a lot of plot, there's a lot, surprisingly, yeah. for what you think is going to be a pretty straightforward like found footage possession movie, which I am 100% here for every day of the week. But you get into <laughs> it and then it's like, you've got the telephone service and you've got this doctor who was hurting children. And now he's like, there were snakes involved and there's like (laughs) a professor of the occult and there's so much stuff in there that every time I watch the movie, I get to enjoy it again because I'm like, Oh yeah, I totally forgot about the snakes or whatever. So yeah, that, that movie goes in a direction that you don't think it's going to, which also the autopsy of Jane Doe does. So these were great double bill.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's with, with the Ticket and Logan, it's almost like all that stuff should not fit together. It's, it's, there's so many different aspects of it that when, when you hear about it, when somebody tells you about it, you're like, what, what is going on in this movie? (laughs) But yeah, when you, when you watch it, it just, it does, it, it all clicks together in a in a weird way that it works on a, on a, and it's just a weird movie like mm-hmm. so i don't necessarily get scared or too creeped out by stuff and this movie i mean it didn't scare me or anything like that but it was just so wild it was like it's just, but it was See, a fun I time get
1: scared i get scared but i like to get scared and i try yeah. to get scared like i go looking for that and i think the taking of Deborah logan is scary like just the way she goes from like a proper older woman yeah. to all of a sudden like yelling and screaming and tearing things up it is it it's unsettling and it comes for oh, you when yeah. you don't expect it it's awesome
0: oh yeah it's 100 unsettling it's it's mm-hmm. there's just so much going on and and j- again for any listeners and everything i i don't have spoilers on my show so if you haven't seen the movie i want you to listen to me but <laughs> Go watch the movie first, then come back and listen that to the episode. come back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's definitely, it was one of those ones that's been on my list for years because I've seen a lot of people mention it. But again, it was one of those ones that I thought was a demonic possession thing. And yeah, I'm just not a big fan of that so much. And found footage is so hit or miss for me oh, that yeah. it's, I try to. <laughs> I try to watch them when I can, but they, they get put on the back burner a lot. So this one really got put on the back burner for a long time, but the autopsy of Jane Doe was one that I watched. So back in 2018 is when I got back into, well, really when I got into horror in a, in a huge way, bigger than I'd ever Mm -hmm. been like now I'm a huge horror fan. Like all my movies are horror now, but yeah. So the autopsy of Jane Doe was one of the early ones I watched because Right when I was getting into it, people were talking about it a lot, and so I watched that one. and was blown away by it. Uh, mm-hmm. That one, that one takes you, and like you said, that one's it's weird until. And I kind of rewatched a little bit of it today just to make sure I was fresh on it. But that one is that one takes about half of its runtime to slow build up into the what happens in the last half, and the last yes. half is just goes fucking nuts
1: it really does
0: yeah, i think crazy.
1: both of these movies but the autopsy of jane doe in particular it best to go into them not knowing very much
0: yeah um, yeah for sure
1: and that's my preference usually anyway i went into the autopsy of jane doe i had heard a lot of buzz about it but i really didn't know what it was about so i was just along for the ride as we're going and and I was right there with the characters as they were trying to figure out what was going on i was too and i think um that made it a lot more scary than if oh, you know yeah. s- spoilers if you go in knowing she's a witch and she's right. on this revenge trail you're right. waiting for that to happen and maybe it wouldn't be as scary
0: oh yeah awesome. for sure uh, that's that's something that um so Everybody's a big fan of Malignant. There's a lot of people who are huge fans of Malignant. I think you're I a big fan, aren't you? Yeah. I
1: love Malignant. So, <laughs> I just I can't help but I think you man. just you just did a video me. on it, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: just watched <laughs> that. Okay. Yeah. And I thought I was like yeah, but I didn't like it. <laughs>
1: That's okay.
0: So, no, but so my thing is is that <laughs> I called it from the credits, from the opening credits. Did you really? I I did. Because in the opening credits, they're doing a bunch of little medical documents Mm -hmm. and everything like that. And it talks about conjoined twins. Yeah. And so I was like, that's what's happening. She's being controlled by her conjoined twin. She's the one who's doing it. I didn't predict that it was like, you know, Gabriel on the thing and she was going backwards like that. That was crazy, of course. Yeah. But. But because I called it, I just kept waiting for the reveal. Yes, and it and it took so long to happen that it, it was just like, yeah. <laughs> eh, this is just like it was. It just wasn't for me in that way. It was. It was a good movie. It was crazy, like everybody says that like that last bit just is mm-hmm. bonkers. Mm-hmm. But it took so long, and that that run up to it felt so slow to me because I suspected that that was the case. That and I. And once it happened, I was like, "Ah, I knew it that. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of spoiled it for me in a way. That
1: wouldn't be as much fun. Uh,
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, I I could totally see how that wouldn't be as much fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So with both of these movies, I had no clue. Like, like I said, with the the taking of Deborah Logan, I was, I thought it was a exorcism style movie Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and was not prepared for basically the snake cult that it really was she was possessed by like some kind of I mean she was possessed by a demon of sorts but it was more of a snake demon like
1: right something other more
0: otherworldly than actual demons
1: yeah being summoned so there was this doctor Henri Desjardins who is trying to summon this snake demon and he has to kill five children to do it he kills four children before he gets caught and Debra Logan's like good friend or maybe partner Harris is involved in that somehow, which totally also we find he out.
0: Was, uh, yeah.
1: He was, he's like a red herring for a while and you're like, he's he definitely was. involved, but how is he involved? Right. So then Henri comes and sort of possesses Debra Logan to try to get her to kill a fifth child. So it's like she's possessed by a dead man who's trying to summon a snake demon and you know, it's just a regular Tuesday. <laughs>
0: right, right. <laughs> just a normal Tuesday just in the horror. Just a normal man. day. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. So like, what the the between the two movies, the like the similarities that I noticed and everything were that they were pretty well self-contained. Um, mm-hmm. in the autopsy of Jane Doe, it's mostly contained to uh, the house of this father and son uh, who are morgue uh morgue workers um uh, like morticians, medical examiners that kind of thing yeah um so they work for the the police brings in this body this jane doe body that they find under the house which is this body's completely clean there's no like she was buried in the dirt but like she's not dirty she's very clean she's got a little peat moss under her nails and stuff but beyond that she's Mm -hmm. very clean and she seems like she's only been dead a couple of days, but there's no way that she could only be dead for a couple of days because she was underneath a house. And so the father and son, they have to do the autopsy for her and it's all in the underground of their house. Mm -hmm. And so everything is super self-contained, mostly in the, I guess, autopsy room. Right. And Whereas the the taken Deb, Deborah Logan is mostly around her home, which is out in the woods, kind of out mm-hmm. far away, where she was a uh, was it called switchboard operator. She had a, right. like a specialty switchboard uh, operation that she did in what like the fifties and sixties, and she helped keep that town like connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes. so. Uh, so they she both like, have
1: important roles in their community in that way. Deborah Logan yeah. with her switchboard business, right. and um, gosh, I can't remember his name, but the mortician and the autopsy of Jane Doe, Tommy are both yeah, like Tommy. their communities are counting on them for these services that ultimately exactly. lead to their demise.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing with Deborah Logan. By the point we see her, she's suffering from uh, uh, Alzheimer's and. Yeah it's been a while since she's needed to run the switchboard. Cause that stopped being necessary being thing. <laughs> like the seventies and eighties. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, she's you know, retired and you're know, just living at home and her daughter, uh, is concerned about her welfare. And so a documentary crew, a uh, university documentary crew, uh, comes in, pays them some money, helps them with their bills and such, and, uh, wants to document Alzheimer's, uh, Somebody going through Alzheimer's disease. And that's when shit hits the fan. Yes.
1: Yes. (laughs) Very much so.
0: Yeah, it's uh it goes downhill very quickly. But yes, they both have uh both uh Deborah Logan and Tommy, the uh morgue worker, he um they both have important jobs that they do for their communities or had important jobs that they did for their communities. Mm -hmm. And so they're very tied to their communities as well. And uh whereas one is taken over by something. The other one is, I guess attacked.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, yeah. So the body that they bring in, in uh, Jane Doe, the Jane Doe is a, what they find out literally halfway through at the right around the 45 minute mark is they peel back her skin and find out that she's got like runes and everything else written inside of her. Right. And, uh, and that's when shit hits the fan for them.
1: I love yeah. that reveal. Oh, it's, it was I love so that reveal. like,
0: cause there's such a, there's such a tense thing going on in that movie that they keep finding things like, yes. First it's like, um, uh, I don't even remember, but like they find like the plant, the Jimson weed inside of yep. her that helped paralyze her. And they find her, um, uh, first they find out that her wrists and ankles are, Severely fractured, like she'd been yes. tied up, uh, but she's got no ligature marks. So it's, there's lots of these little signs of assault to her body mm-hmm. that you can't tell from the outside, but everything's on the inside. Mm-hmm. And as they literally peel back the layers, they find more and more strange stuff going on. And yes, it's, I,
1: I. And- I could never have guessed that we were going to have spells tattooed on the inside of her body. Like, right. "Give me cursed skin every day. Now I want to in more movies."
0: Right. Oh man. That's just it's it's crazy. You don't get a lot of that like even just, you know, ritualistic um, even tattooing as a as a story thing in a, in a lot Not of movies. Not a lot. No. It's interesting. you would so think that that would be more of, that. Kind of more of a thing, right? Yeah. Let's, let's start amping that up a little bit more.
1: Speak it into so. existence.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Somebody get on that because um, <laughs> it's not going to be me uh, no, or me. <laughs> I'll talk, I'll we'll talk about it afterward. It. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'll write about
1: it. <laughs> so. Something else I noticed that was a similarity between these yes. two that I hadn't really thought about before was the uh, parent and child relationship. Oh, yeah. In yeah. The Taking of Deborah Logan, her adult daughter, Sarah, is caring for her in a very active day-to-day way, helping her with her Alzheimer's. And in The Autopsy of Jane Doe, Austin and Tommy are working together. And Austin's not taking care of Tommy in such an explicit way because Tommy is still able to care for himself, but he's grieving his the loss of his wife, Tommy's wife, right. Austin's mother. So Austin is there for Tommy in a lot of ways that maybe in a different circumstance, he wouldn't need to be. So both these adult children feel really connected to their parents and want to help them and be there for them. And then, you know, end up going along these crazy, dangerous rides with them. But that was something I hadn't thought about before that I noticed when I watched these yeah. two back to back.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even think about that you said it just now yeah it's it's definitely um well and with the taking of deborah logan her daughter in that um is only just recently taking care of her because it's it's definitely a plot point because the daughter is she has uh, a relationship with somebody that is seems to be deteriorating as Mm -hmm. she's taking care of her mother she's talking to her on the phone trying to you know say oh i need to take care of her I, I, you know, I'll try to be home as soon as I can. And you know, that, that, so there's both on both sides, there's kind of these strained parent child relationships, not like, not super strained, but just the little bit enough that, um, it causes a little bit of friction for sure. And it does. And that, that I think definitely plays into both movies. Um, -hmm. you know, because in, Autopsy of Jane Doe like you said Tommy's Grieving his uh, dead wife And Austin's dead mother And they're both kind of You know trying to move On and do their thing And whereas like In uh, Ticket of Deborah Logan uh, The daughter is trying to hold on to her Mother uh, Despite already having moved on You know with her own life She's still trying to hold on to What's left of her mother and her like and her memories and her life as it was before, and yes. so it's an interesting on both sides to see the 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 parent child dynamic. Uh, That's going
1: absolutely on that. true. Yeah, because Austin feels this pressure to work at his dad's mm-hmm. you know f- funeral business or um, gosh, I don't know if they do funerals, yeah. but the you, the the preparing of the corpses, whatever we call that professionally. Right. And Austin doesn't really want to do that. And we learned that through a conversation Austin has with his girlfriend. And so you're right. There is tension in those relationships as much as those, as much as Austin and Sarah care for their respective parents. They're also kind of like, Oh, I wish it wasn't this way, which is, exactly. you know, relatable to a lot of people with families. So I was, yeah. I, that, that struck me this time when I watched it.
0: Yeah, most definitely. It's a, uh... It's it's I think that's with both of those movies that you can look at it as you know a parent or a child or whatever and if you have that kind of relationship or have you know similar relationship you can definitely relate in that way and that's what I really love about good horror movies is that oh,
1: yes.
0: a good horror movie is a movie that can exist without the horror aspects of it. That if you took some of the horror out of it, you could also see the movie on on another level. Whereas with you know Jane Doe, mm-hmm. you're looking at a father and son navigating um, their relationships in the wake of the mother's passing, and as the son wants to go on and become his own man, while the father is also trying to hold on to him and trying to pass on his knowledge because he sees that his son can do this, mm-hmm. but you know, the son is resisting it and in taking his ever Logan, you've got the daughter who's already moved on, moved away. And then the mother's, you know, starting to deteriorate so much that she needs somebody. And as much as, you know, Harris, the red herring um, is there to help. He can't be there all the time. And, you know, you, that, that, that having to go back to that parent and having to take them when you've already left and, gone on with your life and then having to sacrifice what you have in your life to then go take care of that parent. There's so many on both of these. There's so many layers to these movies that taking out the horror aspects, there's these just good dramatic um, moments and stories that go into them that make these movies so much more deep than just surface horror movies and then just huh. add in the horror and then it just elevates it even more. So
1: That's absolutely true. Both of these movies have a strong foundation of characters that we care about and tension in the plot and and conflict that we want to see resolved. And then we put the horror on top of it. And right. it's just a beautiful layer cake of media.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's what I think the best horror movies do. Like and, and there's a and I would say generally speaking a lot of there's a lot of great horror movies out there and they do that well where you get the the generally great you know, human beats of everything the human stories and then you've dropped in the the crazy nutso horror stuff that just makes everything go to hell so
1: yeah yeah I think a lot of I mean, I also have a place in my heart for a lot of like the more empty schlocky stuff. But you're oh, right; yeah. <laughs> like a lot of good horror is built on a strong story in and of itself. Yeah, right. that's absolutely and there's
0: true. Nothing wrong with the schlocky stuff.
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I love all of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. I'm a, I'm a big uh, horror comedy fan myself. So, uh, oh, I yeah. like a good, like a good, like a good, like tucker and dale versus evil love it um
1: yes
0: uh, of the dead cabin in the woods that kind of Mm -hmm. thing that's you know scream obviously um have you seen behind the mask uh yes yes i I I like that one i wasn't super hype on it but i did like it um okay i i definitely need to re-watch it it's one of those ones like i tend to so even if i'm not too big on a movie. When I first watch it, I try to revisit it again later, just mm-hmm. so that in case, you know, maybe I wasn't in the mood. Uh, maybe yep. it just didn't hit me right that day or whatever. I've done it a few times where there's been movies that are just like on a second view and I'm like, okay, I really like this one a lot more than I did the first time. And then there's other ones that I'm like, oh, I don't like that one. <laughs> like that one is even worse than I thought it was. But uh, it's rare. Most of the time, I like them a little bit better. Sometimes it's a movie that I'm just like, eh, I'm still just man. It's obviously not one that I really care for. Um, I try I, to do
1: the same thing.
0: The horror yeah. community will hate me, but I'm not a big Shining fan, so that's okay. Uh, yeah, just I like just, what I, you like. The major problem that I have is I'm not a big Jack Nicholson fan. He kind of plays the same character all the time. He just plays Jack Nicholson going yeah, crazy. that's so, true. Uh, I
1: mean, you're not wrong about that, and it's hard to avoid you know you can't really watch The Shining without and like fast forward through his parts it's right. most of the movie. well and that's
0: the thing too is like maybe if I'd seen The Shining like when it came out and like had gotten an appreciation for it like at sure. least early on uh, but I'd seen other Jack Nicholson things later mm. on um, and so by the time I went back and watched The Shining I was like so he's just doing the same thing over and over and over again
1: oh yeah so, that probably so, did have an effect because I think it was probably the first Jack Nicholson thing I saw.
0: Yeah. So Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a bad movie. Um, it's 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 shot incredibly well. Oh, you know, of props, course. Props to the cinematographer for sure. But uh, uh and the, the you know the tracking dolly shots are like fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've actually been to the uh, the Stanley Hotel. Um, oh,
1: I'm so uh, jealous.
0: I, I used to I live in Colorado, go. um, about a half hour away from there. And so uh we went one time and uh, I actually got to walk around and it was after um they had done the uh the miniseries version of the shining there. So oh, cool. Uh, so they actually have like a model of the sh- the the overlook inside there. They have like this little area that had a section devoted to um the shining, the the, the miniseries and the the movie and stuff. So it was it was pretty cool. But that yeah, since they had actually shot the, since they'd actually shot the miniseries actually at stanley hotel then they uh it was it was neat to need to get a little bit in there and check check out some of the the history that they had
1: yes that's on my bucket list for sure
0: (laughs) but yeah so um back to these movies yeah um so now that we're talking about it and everything Mm -hmm. i'm also seeing the similarities between i guess witchcraft and cult stuff. Yep. I mean, we've got in the, in the taking of dropping Logan, you've got um, this doctor who was involved in some kind of snake cult thing going on. And in Jane Doe, you've got this body. Who's a vengeful, witch wreaking havoc upon, you know, after her death, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it's so you get this kind of, it's not even necessarily super, I mean, it is supernatural, but it's very steeped in both of them are steeped in folkloric and yes. uh witchcraft cult uh type stuff so you get a lot more of that um in both of them you're getting kind of more folk horror not exactly not in terms of uh uh setting or anything like that but you're getting it in the the outer context of it all and which it i could have like
1: a prequel of each that yeah. would be folk horror
0: yeah yeah and maybe maybe uh um robert eggers uh the witch
1: hey be considered
0: a prequel to uh
1: it's a spiritual uh, the prequel agenda. there you yeah. go <laughs> double bill that see if exactly. it works exactly
0: that would, i think that would actually pretty i think work so. out pretty well but yeah so i noticed that upon my uh rewatch today like thinking about that about the uh witchcraft and uh, folkloric aspects of that mm-hmm. which um i haven't delved too deep into those I've watched a few. I've watched the original Wicker Man. Uh, Midsummer mm-hmm. is high on my list of movies. It's one of my favorites. Of all time. I love
1: Midsommar. Yeah. Oh, it's
0: such a good movie. But I haven't delved too deep into folk horror yet. But it definitely, definitely felt like there were aspects of that going on with both of them.
1: Yeah. And I think it's interesting too, now that you're talking about it, I'm thinking of both of the stories are driven by a, like a dead person.
0: Oh yeah.
1: driving the conflict forward. You know, Jane Doe is maybe undead, but her spirit, her soul in her body is is trying to enact revenge and go scorched earth and Henri Desjardins in the Taking of Deborah Logan is his soul is trying to become a snake demon or whatever. So, not only are they both kind of folky, occult driven, but they're specifically being driven by spirits of dead people who are trying to meet some sort of like supernatural need.
0: Right. And these yeah. movies
1: have more in common than I thought.
0: Right. That's awesome <laughs> yeah, it's not bit. until yeah. we start talking about it that I'm like, oh, yeah, look at these yeah. connections. Mm hmm. It's Not just the titles, yeah
1: it's not
0: yeah that's uh no that's that's actually really good because they are they're they're very much driven by like because everything that's going on with Deborah Logan is motivated by Desjardine, the spirit of Desjardine trying to come back uh, right because that's the whole purpose of him getting this last girl is to you know come back to the earthly plane and become. Some kind of snake god type thing or yeah, whatever.
1: And whereas. I don't fully whereas, understand,
0: but. Yeah, yeah. That's the part that's kind of confusing. It's it like, what are you doing?
1: What's going on? Maybe he doesn't even know.
0: <laughs> I think really the movie was just trying to get us to the point where you can just see Deborah Logan just snacking on that kid's head.
1: Unhinge the jaw, <laughs> yeah. eat the kid. And it's something just for I that noticed. Scene alone. This time I noticed earlier in the movie, she's eating like a Hummel figurine. And I was like, oh my God, that's such good foreshadowing. Like I, I didn't even, that. yeah, she's like, cause they point out she has her little Hummels and she's real particular about them. But then in one scene, she's like shoving a child one down her throat and Sarah has to stop her. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway. All right. I got I'm definitely going to have to about pay
0: attention to that. No, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, I love that when you go back and watch something again and you like, mm-hmm. and that's why I do like to go back and rewatch something, especially something I did like, because you do get to find these other layers of yes of stuff that you didn't notice before the 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 little things like that where you're just oh you're sneaky they were great movies I'm I'm, when you suggested because you suggested a, a small list of movies that you liked and I think most of them I'd either seen like I think all of them I'd seen or had
1: I don't even remember what I suggested.
0: <laughs> you suggested uh, Caveat, uh, which is a new one. Oh, yeah. Hell House LLC. And those are the two I haven't seen yet. Um, okay. The Autopsy of Jane Doe, which I really enjoyed. The House of the Devil, which mm-hmm. I was kind of soft on. I didn't okay. really get a whole lot out of that one. So that's why I was like, eh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that one. Paranormal Activity. I like that one a lot. I like the, I like the, I like the franchise as a whole. I think yeah. that they kind of spin its wheels.
1: Yeah, as they get farther I and farther agree. in,
0: they keep trying to like um, push it out a little bit farther and like only tell you a little bit each time, right? And, which is which is fine, but if you're expecting me to like pony up every time, it's, it, it's a, a lot
1: hard. to sit through for not a lot of lore. But right, you know, I do original. like the
0: lore of it.
1: I do too. But I like what they do what, with it.
0: Yeah. Um, did you see Next of Kin?
1: No, not yet. Oh, yeah. Too. That one's
0: that one's okay because it kind of mixes a little folklore into it. So.
1: Well, I love that.
0: Yeah, and then uh, uh, the last one was House of a Thousand Corpses, which um, I've seen, and I don't dislike it. I find that. Rob Zombie's movies are a little too nihilistic for me. Um, yeah, that's fair. I, I, but out of out of that trilogy, I tend to like the second one better. Um, yeah, a lot of people uh, do. Rejects. That seems yeah. to be
1: the thing. I yeah. love House of a Thousand Corpses, but yeah, um, that list. Apparently, I wanted to give you a variety.
0: Yes. Yeah. That
1: a lot of those don't go together.
0: Yeah. No. That that's what you said. You said. Uh, you said you wanted to offer me a variety. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, and I think you were trying to keep it open to me to uh, pair mm-hmm. something that I had, you know, because uh, we had talked about it a little bit beforehand. Because um, mm-hmm. literally before I had posted about uh, uh, having people come on. You and I didn't, I don't think you and I even followed each other or. Nope, um, I don't
1: think so. Somebody <laughs> I follow retweeted your tweet about podcast yeah. guests. And I was like, cool. Another horror podcast.
0: Yes. Which is great. Cause I was like, yeah. I need guests. Cause my kids, <laughs> my kids are my, 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 my kids normally are my co-hosts yeah. of sorts for each episode, but they both work and my daughter's mm-hmm. uh, uh, going to college. So it's kind of hard to schedule them to not only just record but to get them to watch all the movies
1: oh uh, yeah to get
0: caught up on stuff so we're I trying to do that. it at least one episode a month with them and then uh, I try to get guests for at least one other episode a month so I can act, have at least two two podcasts out uh, per month um,
1: yeah so let's well, we'll see sense. how that
0: we we'll see how that works I have to have to lock down some more guests here and there <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, no, you, you gave me a great list. I've heard good things about both Hell House and uh, Caveat. Mm-hmm. But I had- Very different. Yeah.
1: But, uh, you know, Hell House LLC is another found footage and I'm a big found footage junkie. Um, but I think it's really well done, good and scary about a haunted house, like a haunted house attraction at Halloween. Right,
0: and That one would caveat, probably pair well with Haunt, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I just got so excited when you said that. (laughs) Yeah, would pair well with Haunt. So Haunt is one of those movies that I didn't like it that much the first time I watched it, but every time I've watched it since, I like it a little bit more. I think I had to get past the ending. I didn't really like the ending very much, but I let that go. And like the movie's good and scary
0: yeah that's uh that i was the same way like i've only seen it the one time and i was just like okay yeah this is okay this is pretty good and then the ending's kind of like what (laughs) what's going on here yeah so uh (laughs) but uh yeah so i do i yeah anything with like haunted attraction type thing like that would probably be a good one to like pair with that one just yeah yeah i think that would have been a that would have been a good one too uh i i did i did you think about that but as soon as i saw autopsy of jane doe i was like that's the one because that was the yeah. one i really liked so
1: <laughs> it's so good and i i do feel like a lot of people have seen it but i don't hear as much talk about it maybe that's you just cuz it's newer um but i haven't read a lot about it or heard a lot of podcast episodes about it so i was really excited to get to talk about yeah. it because it's not one of those movies that's been talked to death
0: yeah and, I, and that was the interesting thing for me too because Like I said, when I first jumped into horror, uh, pretty hardcore, that was the one everybody was talking about. And I think it was probably because it was still pretty new around 2018. I'm not quite sure when it came out exactly. But uh, it was one that everybody was talking about and was like, but they were talking about it like it's one that not a lot of people had seen yet. Yeah. And so I think that's still possibly the case. There's still a lot of people who haven't seen it. Cause it's, it's definitely a lower movie. It's not one of those ones that gets too buzzed about, like you said, it doesn't, it's not getting talked about to death on podcasts. And that's what I try to do with, with this one too. Like with my podcast is you talk about the, talk about the big ones, but also, Mm -hmm. you know, start highlighting some of the, 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 the smaller ones, maybe not so much of the, like the really weird stuff, like vinegar syndrome and. And Severn put out that kind of stuff because a lot of that stuff I get, I just, I don't get interested in those. They're, they're so, they're too, they're so overly schlocky or bad that I'm like, I can't find anything redeeming to talk about.
1: Well, and then first of all, you'd have to get your hands on them. And then uh, yeah. all the listeners would have to get their hands on them. Exactly. And that's hard too.
0: Yeah. And that's what I try to do with this too, is I try to, try to do stuff that's on streaming if I can. Um, mm-hmm. I, own a, I own a lot now that i can just easily watch myself so i Mm -hmm. i I do need to uh i I forget to do this every episode but i do need to highlight where people can find things so the autopsy of jane doe you can find on shutter and the taking of deborah logan i believe when i watched it was on amazon prime
1: okay i think it's also on shutter right now it might be okay i hope i didn't say something wrong (laughs) i thought i watched them both on shutter
0: right it's possible oh, no. <laughs> um definitely go search it out everybody uh, yes but yeah they were i'm just trying to think more about these two their similarities and you know because one's found footage one isn't um, right so in that they differ
1: they both had um creepy electronics that
0: Mm, added some more elements
1: so in the autopsy of jane doe there's the radio that keeps playing the let Mm -hmm. the sunshine in song and like going all staticky and playing things that aren't news that isn't accurate uh and then in the taking of deborah logan the switchboard
0: the switchboard
1: helps them solve the mystery as deborah's you know, trying to connect a wire and then they figure out whose number that was and it leads right. them to Desjardins. Um, but I thought that was interesting too. And both are older pieces of technology. So it wasn't right. like, um, you know, we'd see newer movies with newer technology taking over because everybody's scared of these sci-fi situations which is totally valid but you know yeah. a radio should an analog radio shouldn't be so scary and a switchboard yeah. should not be so scary but here they are making the horror happen
0: well and that's and i actually like that a lot uh, now that you bring that up that you know we're looking at both of these in terms of In a way, they're both kind of outmoded technologies. the switchboard, especially we don't need switchboards to connect to each other. Right. And, you know, with the radio, sure, everybody's got radio still, but most people don't use radios too much. Right. Everybody's got streaming services for even for radios, you know, so everybody's Mm -hmm. got Pandora or Spotify or whatever. And so you can choose your music. You don't necessarily have anything. Like that. So it's interesting to explore that aspect. It, it's definitely I think it's It's more explicit, like you said in uh Deborah Logan, that the switchboard it plays a role in advancing the plot. Whereas mm-hmm. with uh Jane Doe, the radio is more of a creepy add-on to the atmosphere. That's true. It's um there's moments yeah, where there's moments where the lyrics of the song or the rate or, or the announcements on the radio kind of play into the plot, but for the most part, they're just creepy add-ons, which is that's true, which is in itself fun um mm-hmm. and exciting to do that. But it's interesting the, that you brought that up. I, I didn't even again didn't think about that as a as an aspect of the movie. Uh, but that's that's a good call. I like and that. They both- uh,
1: They both kind of have a gotcha ending, or like a little, a little stinger at the end.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Great, double bill.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's really. It it turned out it turned out a lot better than I had uh, uh, anticipated when you brought it up. uh, For sure, and I was like, (laughs)
1: something of someone, something so much more.
0: (laughs) Oh man, yeah, no, that that. It worked out really well, and for anybody who's listening, definitely give give this a good double bill watch because absolutely, it's it's it, it's, it's fantastic. the The similarities you notice, uh, the differences that both uh, complement each other in lots of ways. Yes, um, and like we said, the you know, one's the found footage, one's a traditional you know regular you know, claustrophobic, you know, because with Deborah Logan. It's, it's, self, it's, it's contained, but they're throughout the house and the surrounding mm-hmm. area a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, so you get outside. Um, whereas with Jane Doe, you're very contained within the bottom layer of this house where the mm-hmm. offices are and, and the autopsy room is. And most of it exists in the autopsy room. And so you get this very tight, very claustrophobic feeling. Where at least with Deborah Logan, you get outside once in a while. You can kind of breathe. You know, yes, yeah, stuff's yeah. going weird, but it's it's happening throughout the house and throughout the you know landscape, and so and I mean and towards the end of Deborah Logan, they they like go into these caves, so, right? You know, the, this um uh, these mine shafts, and so it's you you get which then again becomes a claustrophobic you know nightmare, especially when the like the lights go out. And,
1: dude yeah. yeah that's true that's true
0: and then, i mean that's uh, both of them have that situation where lights go out they're in these mm-hmm. dark contained areas that just everything gets amped up yeah. mm-hmm. it's 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 crazy These these movies paired really well i was actually yep. very surprised
1: yeah me too <laughs> they both have some good body horror as well for anybody looking for that so we got claustrophobia we got dark we got body horror we got supernatural elements listen there's something for everybody exactly
0: (laughs) and 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 you pair and you know if if you like found footage you got a little found footage like traditional more more traditional style like you know horror stuff you got that and jane doe yeah it's a yeah it's a nice little you know horror sandwich there
1: Yes, we could listen. We could write the quotes for the box set.
0: <laughs> right. The something of someone box set. There you go.
1: Right? Why not?
0: <laughs> we'd have to. We'd have to. Maybe. 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 Maybe add in, uh, you know, the exorcism of Emily Rose, or you yeah. know, a couple of other random stuff. Oh I, I, yeah, that's another one I have not seen, but I've heard good things about.
1: Well, now I want to go mining for more of these. <laughs> <laughs> <Right.
0: sighs> So uh, yeah, so I know you're uh, you're a big uh, found footage fan, and I know you yes. are a big, big Blair Witch fan.
1: Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> big time.
0: So you like to talk about that? You said any chance you get. Um...
1: Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I'm kind of like you can catch me on a tree stump outside just talking about the Blair Witch project. <laughs> um, just, yeah. I do, and you know. So I was 12, I think 11 or 12, when the Blair Witch Project came out. And
0: okay, you're making me feel old. Okay, go ahead.
1: <laughs> it's just the truth. Um, <laughs> and people, when I talk to people younger than me about this, they don't really understand that the internet. It was not like it is now. There was enough internet for us to be scared of the Blair Witch Project. And the Blair Witch invented, you know, ARGs in the way that we think of them today. Mm -hmm. I feel confident in saying that. And, but there wasn't enough internet for me to understand fake things. And like when you're 11 or 12, you understand the difference between pretend and real. But my dad and my brother just kind of. We're like, hey, we're going to the movies, get in the car. And I was like, sweet, love going to the movies. And then we sat down and watched this thing. And I had never seen anything like it. And I was kind of like, well, I don't think my dad would take me to watch actual people getting hurt, but I don't understand what else this could be.
0: So So he took uh, you in blind to go to Oh, see totally.
1: This? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. Well, and hey, here I am today. Um so on the way home, they explained to me that, you know, it was just a movie. And I was just like, I since then have been chasing that fear, like trying mm-hmm. to get as close to that fear again as I can. I'm like, oh, can I find another movie that makes me feel the way that the Blair Witch Project did when I saw it in the theaters? And I didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah. Kicked off well, a love so- of folk horror and found footage. And oh yeah. Yeah. Never stopped so I was,
0: I was 25 when it came out. So, so twice, twice your age at the time. So, <laughs> so yeah. So when I, when it came out, the marketing for that also was like, it blew me away because mm-hmm. it was like, it definitely posited itself as a, as something that had actually happened and we were seeing the actual footage of what happened to these people when they went into the woods, uh, going after the legend of this witch. And, and like you said, the internet was not how it is today where we are oversaturated with the information. Um, right. like we, we have too much information now that yes. when you're looking for something, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack now. Mm-hmm. Um, when in 99, when this came out, you were still looking for the haystack. Yeah. You couldn't find even the haystack to find the needle. And so getting any kind of information on anything was next to impossible because it wasn't yet there. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you were, um, unless you happened to be on AOL, which was the big service at the time. Yep. If you were connecting to anything other than AOL. It was it was a, a wasteland out there. It was nothing but Geo Cities. <laughs> and so
1: <laughs> And like and, uh, weird and I, forums. Like
0: And I say this, yeah, yeah, and I say this as a person who participated in such forums of course. And, and had a Geo Cities page. And so of <laughs> and so yeah, the, the the Blair Witch was a phenomenon on a par that you can't. N- nobody understands it today. Everybody doesn't not understand. Really they don't. go back and watch Blair Witch now, and they're like, "But why? Why is this? Why is this scary?" Because, like, when you watch it from that perspective, because I've, you know, I watch, it, I love Blair Witch, but mm-hmm. when you watch it from that perspective of, like, somebody who wasn't a part of that, then you're kind of like, "Yeah, but why is this so? Why was this such a big thing?" And it's yeah. like because we all thought it was real. Like I knew it wasn't real, but you still go into it going, "You well, kind of." It feel kind like of it, maybe might be, be. it might be yeah you know and, and their imdp
1: imdb pages like said they were missing or deceased and you're just yeah. even if you know it's not real you're like well how much do i know for sure
0: yeah well and the funny thing is all three of the actors um like one of them has gone on to do a little bit more um
1: mm-hmm.
0: one of the guys i can't think yeah of his the name guy offhand. who plays josh Yeah. Uh,
1: He's actually in Unsane.
0: Okay. That came out a few years ago. He's done quite a bit, but the other two, Heather and uh, the other one, they kind of, they did a few things here and there, but they very light since then. And so that kind of adds to it. And even the filmmakers haven't done a lot since then. So it's like they they just took this one thing and then just kind of rode off into the sunset and that kind of added to it. Um, Yes. And then surrounding that movie, we had The Curse of the Blair Witch, which was a documentary about- Just
1: got chills.
0: (laughs) No, it's like so good. Like I did too, because it was so good. Like you get this history of everything. And that was the important part of, I think that helped me embrace it more than maybe other people did um, since then is because I think you need that Curse of the Blair Witch that, that aspect of it, that to understand the backstory, the Rustin Parr stuff, the Ellie Kedward, the, you know, all that stuff that goes into what all that, like what the movie itself means. Like they tell you a little bit about that. She goes into the history of it as, you know, in the beginning, but you kind of lose that once they're in the woods and they're not really yep. focusing on that anymore. And you're just kind of like, wait, what's going on again? And so, so I think that, you know, and it was something for me too, that, I liked it. I enjoyed it. And I really liked the surrounding stuff. Cause I got like the curse of the Blair witch. And then the um, there was a book called the the Blair witch uh, dossier and yeah. that had all the like police material all and stuff that surrounded the case of searching for these kids and, and everything that came up after they found the videos and, and everything else and which added a whole nother layer to things that made it even creepier. And I
1: don't think I've ever had my hands on that. I'm oh, aware of it's it. It's
0: so good.
1: But oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, haven't, I don't have my copy.
0: I don't have my copy. I'm worried got lost in a move somewhere along the way. And uh, But it, it was really good. Because it had a lot of the. That other side of the background. That you don't get. In either of those other two things. Oh. They created a very rich mythology for this little scrappy movie that mm-hmm. you know did like broke records I mean it's still right you know in in terms of things is the most successful independent film ever made but yeah that, all that added to it for me and but even still there was a point where I enjoyed the movie but it, the movie itself didn't creep me out until so this is the really funny thing so I think maybe a year later, Cartoon Network was doing a Scooby Doo marathon all weekend long. Okay. And they did these little interstitials called the Scooby Doo Project. And what they did was they had animated, you know, the animated characters and stuff in like a live action setting. And so the Scooby Gang was going out into the woods and trying to get to some house out in the woods. And they were talking to real people. And they got to a house and they started running around and you know somebody was chasing them, some like prospector guy or something like that. It was it was stupid. But then at one point, at one point, Shaggy's standing in the corner, like the one guy was in the end. He's like, I'm scared, man. And I don't know, something clicked at that moment and it freaked me out. And everything just clicked into place for me and I was like oh my god the Blair Witch is creepier than I thought it's so, so creepy it's so, it's so creepy.
1: creepy and on the Blu-ray they have a few alternate endings that they shot um, oh I need to get that and, and uh, they're all sort of the same yeah. thing but um, you know some of them are like instead of him standing staring at the corner he's like floating or he's hanging mm. or um, I think one he's looking at you, they definitely picked the right one like oh, yeah.
0: Well, it because it ties into the whole Rustin Par thing.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. And exactly. I think that's something that again that you forget midway through because of all the the tenseness of of them going through the woods and getting lost mm-hmm. and everything and then you get to the house and you you forget that that moment where they discuss what happened with Rustin Parr and how he put a kid in the corner while he was killing the other one. Yep. And so you're just like, when you first see him, you're like, wait, why is he just standing in the corner? What's going on? And, and then like she gets knocked out the and then the back in your ends. brain. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And then, it, like I said, it wasn't until later that I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it was like, that's what it was. So because oh. they were in his house that shouldn't have been there. It burned down. Shouldn't have been there.
1: Yep. Yeah. But the children's handprints were everywhere. And ah, yeah. uh, if I could just geek out about one more thing. Yeah. Yeah sound design when they're in the house is absolutely out of this world. Like it's so disorienting. Yeah. Yeah. And so they each have a camera, but only one of the cameras records sound. Yes. And so,
0: you're, you're hearing, it hearing her, distance.
1: but she's in the distance, but she's yelling right here. But you're hearing her on that camera yeah. that's over there. It just and I didn't understand all of that the first time I saw it. I just knew that it was this crazy, weird experience mm. that I didn't know what was going on. And that adds to the tension and the fear. And it's just so perfect.
0: No, they. they, they, they Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing, too, is like I think that the so many found footage movies are. You know, they're trying to do their own thing, but they're also trying to find that. That combination of what Blair Witch did in yep. in terms of things, um, I'm kind of glad I didn't see it in theaters because people were I didn't end up getting to see it until it came out on video. But, you know, people complained about it being so jerky in the theater that it was making people sick. Um, yeah, I could see that. Uh, and I can see that when I watched it on on, on TV, but on TV either they reduced that a little bit or it just wasn't as bad because it was on a much smaller screen yeah because so, you know, in 99 know. we had like maybe 32 inch of fat
1: right so yes
0: uh but yeah no it's uh but it's such a good movie um i know we completely derailed off the the other topic but uh <laughs> But I, I definitely well, see, want to talk a little bit about Blair Witch with you.
1: Yeah. Well, and all you got to do is say Blair Witch and then <laughs> I'll just be going for a while. So, like. Okay.
0: So, now here's the real question. Are you a fan of Blair Witch 2?
1: Uh, the Book of Shadows? Yes. Um, I, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, It's a whole different thing. Than the yeah. first one and it has a silliness to it that i enjoy it doesn't have anything to do with my love for the blair witch project right but it's fine
0: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> now see I, I i enjoy i haven't watched it in years i need to rewatch it again i need to watch the the whole series again i enjoyed the second one because it was it it took the super meta approach to mm-hmm. the first one it took you out of that like instead of trying to follow it up with something that was similar it went into this completely batshit, mm-hmm. like reality that was this super reality and i find it really interesting that the guy who directed that joe berlinger he's the guy who just he's done a lot he, he mostly does documentaries he did uh um the series of documentaries on the um the Kids in Tennessee, I can't remember what they're called. Oh, the um, West Memphis
1: Three,
0: the West Memphis Three, yeah. So he did, he did that all,
1: documentary, he, I've did, seen he that. did those
0: documentaries, yeah.
1: Oh, snap, that's crazy! Yeah, and he
0: did the uh, the Ted Bundy tapes documentary on Netflix and really the Ted Bundy movie on Netflix. So, yeah,
1: that's wild. I didn't realize yeah. that,
0: <laughs> yeah. So he's been mostly a documentarian, uh, he's definitely done a few uh, regular movies, but yeah, previous to doing Blair Witch 2, uh, he'd done the the documentary on the west memphis three so
1: well now i kind of watch i, uh, I want to watch that with that in mind and see yeah. what that brings to blair Witch too
0: yeah see there you go you learn something new every day
1: i i did this was educational
0: right that's what we try to do here is educate people <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, but yeah um and then the the more recent Blair Witch, the uh i guess uh adam wingard directed that one i wanted to like that one i wanted to like it Um, i wanted to like it because the the plot the story behind it seems interesting the 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 brother of heather goes to go find her and everything yeah and i don't know it just doesn't connect it just yeah it it just falls apart for me yeah
1: i agree um (laughs) i don't
0: it's not a bad movie it's just not a Great movie. It's just not on that level. And so, yeah, it just doesn't work as well.
1: I think it's a little but too I,
0: polished, as part of the problem.
1: Exactly.
0: Like, exactly. you know, Blair Witch is so like scrappy because it's on like old cameras and mm-hmm. stuff. And then what you got with this one was you got drones and they cell phones GoPros. and good digital. T- yeah. And GoPros they got and-
1: everybody has a GoPro and there's drones yeah. and everybody has a handheld. And it's like, in the, Blair, the original The Blair Witch Project, there's two cameras, they're found, someone cuts that footage together to make The Blair Witch Project, right. does their best to put it chronological. Okay, I'll buy it. Yeah. I do not buy that after they all went missing, all their GoPros, all their drones, all their everything else were found, and someone took the time to go through all that footage <laughs> right. and cut it together. And I'm a little bit of a found footage like snob, so... I really care when I'm watching a found footage movie, like does it feel realistic that somebody would have found this footage and made this movie, which is why anytime I'm watching a found footage movie and there's a camera in someone's shower, I'm immediately off it because I'm like, this is not (laughs) real. Like nobody would, would put this in the movie, but anyway, that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But no, yeah. So the, the 2016 Blair Witch love adam wingard got no problem with yeah. him but i just it did not feel like the sequel i wanted it to feel like and it makes me right. sad and i've even tried to re-watch it and tried to like it and i just not for me
0: yeah 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 no i felt the same way it just felt a little little too polished compared to the mm-hmm. first one and it tries a little too hard i yep. think to um to capture that without doing the things that the first one did, and I think if you're going to connect it in that way, you either have to be Book of Shadows, where you don't do anything like it, and just try to connect it in a in a in a in a more meta way, mm-hmm. or you just leave it alone. You yep. Know? So, I yeah. Agree. So, uh, found footage, like what it what would give me a give me a top five of your of your favorite? Uh, okay.
1: Well, the Blair Witch Project, of course. <laughs> um paranormal activity hell okay, house yeah. llc um, i need to see that one i really like this one called butterfly kisses hmm. that i, I feel that like one. yeah it's kind of a weird outlier um Write that down but yeah i love butterfly kisses how many was that was that 4 that's 4 so, okay there's this other one that i really liked called the mirror that I don't see talked about a lot either. And it was really creepy. It's just three kids with a camera. They buy a mirror that's acting weird. And, you know, it goes from there. It's like a really tight, well put together found footage. Um, Interesting. Be My Cat, a film for Anne, is really creepy and unsettling. i I've had heard to of that it.
0: one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Andre Tobey. That one seemed is, like I'd heard of that one and like how weird it was. And I was like, it's, I don't know if that it's one's weird. for me.
1: It's it's so good, though, at what it does, because I had to stop it in the middle and Google, like, am I watching a real snuff film? <laughs> like, it scared the crap out of me in that way. So it's excellent at what it does. Um, That's funny. And then Sandman is a movie I actually just wrote about. And it's um, S ampersand man. So it looks like S&M man, but it's okay. called Sandman. It's half faux documentary and half like found footage style the conceit is these filmmakers are going to make a documentary about extreme film but then maybe one of the extreme filmmakers is taking it too far that Mm. is an unsettling movie um Mm. murder death koreatown is really good i know we went past five i will stop listing them Um, I have on my letterbox, I have a list of my favorite found footage. So okay. um,
0: I'll definitely check, check that out because I'm following yeah. you now. Uh,
1: yes. So. Same.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's a good list. I'll, I'll definitely have to take a look at those and see if any of those uh you know, pique my interest.
1: Yeah. Hell House <laughs> LLC for sure. That one I yeah. feel like is well, well done enough that even if I've you heard don't like very good footage, things about
0: that one. Mm hmm. Yeah, I've heard very good things about that one. That one's easy to watch on Shudder, So.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Um, let me see. Do we have anything else to say about taking of Deborah Logan or?
1: Check my notes uh, here.
0: Now, topsy of Jane Doe.
1: I think we covered everything that I wanted to. I was excited to talk about all what they had in common, and we covered a lot.
0: Yes. yes. Yeah, it was surprisingly a lot more than I had originally thought of when I uh, suggested uh, Deborah Logan as a, yeah, pairing it with good. it. So I was actually uh, pleasantly surprised at that. Yes. It gave us lots to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, uh, where can people find you? Uh, and do yeah. you have anything else on um, that we should be paying attention to?
1: Sure. Um, So you can find me on Twitter at Ari underscore Hellraiser. And you can find me on Letterboxd at the same name, Ari Hellraiser. And um, you can check out my writing at Ghouls Magazine and also Moving Pictures Film Club. Um, I might be guesting on some other podcasts coming up soon, too, but I don't want to jinx it. So just watch (laughs) my Twitter for those, I guess, when they come out. but yeah, that's, you can find it all at my Twitter. It's all there.
0: All right. Sounds great. Well, thank you. I appreciate you joining me today. and uh,
1: Yeah, you know, thank we... you so much. This was wonderful. Anytime you want to have, you know, another <laughs> Blair Witch Project conversation or definitely. anything else. I can also go off about Saw. Just let me know. I'll oh, come yes. back. I did I do see you that. mention
0: that recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. But no, yeah, thank you definitely. so much. This was wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Of course. This was, this was great. You're awesome fun to talk to so this will definitely be something uh i can uh i'll hit you up again on on another one later
1: (laughs) that would be awesome
0: thanks again to ariel for joining me for an awesome discussion on the something of someone movies and the next episode the kids will be back and we'll be discussing the scream franchise so join us next time until then stay creepy